Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? We finally made it to Friday, and as you all know, Friday brings yet another Catching Up with College Football episode. Another week of off-season news has gone down. We got a few topics we got to talk about in today's episode. Stetson Bennett got into some legal trouble after maybe partying a little bit too hard and getting drunk in public. We also talk about a couple recruits finally announcing their decisions on where they're going to be going. Jaden Rashada is staying out west and deciding to go and play for Kenny Dillingham and the Arizona State Sun Devils. The number one athlete in the country, he made his decision on National Signing Day 2.0 and a few more other news. So guys, make sure you're sitting back, relaxing, or if you're on your way to work, make sure you got coffee, food, something, whatever, so at least you're relaxing while listening to this episode. It won't be a super long one. Uh, we're kind of still in that little dead period because, you know, the transfer portal, it's closed until beginning of May. You know, National Signing Day is come and gone, but this was kind of the second wave of signings and everything like that. So there wasn't as many as the first time around, but we still do got some pretty juicy stuff we got to talk about in today's episode. So guys, like I always say, I don't want to waste y'all's time. I don't want to waste my time either. So let's get into some college football offseason news. Now to kick it all off, let's talk about some recruiting news. Now, this past week, the beginning of February, February 1st, that was the initial, or I guess you could say the second wave of National Signing Day. So a lot of recruits that did not sign during the um, first, you know, the first little uh, National Signing Day, they can now sign, you know, sign here in February. And well, one of the biggest recruits in the class of 2023, the number one athlete in the class of 2023, Nicholas Harbor, who not only is a freak in nature on the football field, but is also a super good track star and an even great student. I mean, he's A-plus pretty much in every class. So this kid is absolutely phenomenal. And there was a ton of schools that wanted him. Oregon and South Carolina were the final two to land him. And it really came down to the wire, literally. And... Well, Oregon, they were doing everything they could financially-wise to be able to get him to go to Eugene. They even started talking to Nike's um, CEO and founder, Phil Knight, to get a package and everything like that and tell him about how marketable he would be with the Ducks. And then also on the flip side, Nicholas had such a strong relationship with South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer that at the end of the day, it came down to who he had a better relationship with, and it just so happened to be that Beamer Ball 2.0, Shane Beamer, the son of legendary Virginia Tech head coach Frank Beamer. He's getting it done recruiting-wise. You know, didn't had an amazing transfer portal class last year. You know, lost some guys this year, but recruiting-wise, South Carolina's doing their thing. Top 50 in the nation in recruiting, and well... This definitely is going to boost them up as they landed the number one athlete in the class of 2023, Nicholas Harbor. Now, Nicholas, he's pretty much going to be an impact starter from day one. Um, like I said, chose the Gamecocks over Oregon, USC, and a couple other programs. So this is a huge get for South Carolina as they get one of the most desirable recruits in the class of 2023. And since we're talking about one of the most desirable recruits in the class of 2023, Let's talk about one of the most interesting recruiting stories in the class of 2023. And, of course, I'm talking about one of the top quarterbacks in the class of 23, Jaden Rashada. Now, Jaden Rashada has had a little bit of an up-and-down recruiting story. You know, originally committed to Miami on what was expected to be a huge NIL deal. And then what has been rumored and speculated, Florida actually decided to up the ante and offered him a $13 million NIL deal. Now, remember... He's only 18 years old, 17 years old, so he's still super young. But Florida, they decided to say, you know what, we want to get you, offer him a $13 million NIL deal. Now, 
here's where I started to sense things were going to go wrong. So 2024 top 10 recruit and arguably the best quarterback in the class of 2024, Derek Lagway, who's also one of the better athletes too, very Cam Newton-esque. He actually decided to commit to the Florida Gators. So not only would they have had back-to-back classes with some of the top quarterbacks in their class, it's also going to be almost like an Ohio State situation where one guy's probably going to end up having a transfer later on. So it kind of didn't make sense. You know, why would you pay two quarterbacks $13 million plus probably? Because I'd imagine Derek Lagway is probably going to get somewhere in the, you know, 8 to $10 million NIL range. But anyway, Jaden Rashada, after apparently the deal fell through the floor, so he was not going to be getting that huge payday that he wanted. They are instead going to try and, you know, tune it down a little bit but at the end of the day it's not the player's fault because if any of us were offered 13 million dollars we would snag that up in a heartbeat and that's exactly what he did by flipping to florida but florida decided not to keep their word you know stay on their commitment and everything like that so he actually decided after signing his national letter of intent to ask them to release him from it florida does that so that's good at least at least they're allowing him to be able to find somewhere else to go play now after he did this it was pretty much a given that he was going to head back out west because he is from California, played his high school ball at Pittsburgh High School in Cali. So it was going to end up at, you know, a Pac-12 school most likely. Now, TCU was also in the mix, a school in which I was told by a lot of other people that had a really good chance at landing Jaden Rashada, you know, had a great visit down here in Fort Worth. It seemed like he was getting along with a lot of the coaches and everything like that. But one school that did play a huge factor was Arizona State because Jaden Rashada has already graduated from high school, wants to enroll early, which is something he was not going to be able to do at TCU. So so TCU was kind of eliminated after I heard that. I'm like, okay, so it's going to go down to some Pac-12 schools. So you had Cal, I think, Cal, Washington, and Arizona State. But Arizona State was pretty much the favorite from the get-go. And not only did Jaden Rashada have a great relationship with the coaching staff at Arizona State, obviously Kenny Dillingham has been doing an amazing job so far recruiting-wise and transfer portal-wise as the head coach of um, the Sun Devils. But Jaden Rashada's father actually went to ASU. Jaden Rashada grew up being an Arizona State fan. So it made all the sense in the world why he would want to pick the Sun Devils. And he did exactly that on February 1st as Jaden Rashada announced he will be joining the Arizona State Sun Devils after having a very hectic recruiting story to say the least. You know, went through two two Florida schools, University of Miami, University of Florida. Things didn't work out in IOY, so decided to head back west. And well, Probably ended up at the school that he probably should have committed from from the get-go. Now, things are a little bit, you know, different now with Arizona State because they've got a, you know, got a few quarterbacks. You know, obviously went out and got Drew Pine, the former Notre Dame quarterback. So, don't know when he'll get playing time necessarily. Now, he could beat Drew Pine out for all we know because Drew Pine really didn't play that well for the Fighting Irish this past year. So, it's going to be an interesting quarterback battle in Tempe, but... Kenny Dillingham, he gets his guy and goes out and gets one of the top quarterbacks in the class of 2023, Jaden Rashada. Now, y'all, that's it for recruiting news. I know there was a lot of other, you know, recruits and everything like that committed, but I wanted to give y'all some of like the blockbuster ones, the one that, you know, you're really going to hear a lot more about. So now let's get into some transfer portal news. Now, we really only had one big-time transfer portal uh, player that ended up committing, and that was former Ole Miss cornerback and one of the top cornerbacks in the class of 2022, um, Davison Igben Now, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced his name, Davison, but this guy was an absolute stud for the Ole Miss Rebels when he actually did get on the field. Pretty much is a lockdown corner, 
big, lengthy, able to you know able to stay on his guy, and well. It was pretty much assumed because he's he's a New Jersey guy, so it's a little bit interesting. He decided to go all the way from New Jersey down to Mississippi, but after one year, he decided probably wants to go back home and everything like that, which is which is understandable. And he was getting a ton of looks from a ton of really big time programs. Michigan and Ohio State were some of the bigger ones that were looking at him, and well. He decided to pick one of those two, but it was not the Wolverines. Davison, he decided that he will be joining the Buckeyes, joining Jim Jim Knowles' Buckeye defense. Now, this is a really great pickup because he's going to be an immediate starter for Ohio State. Um, this past year, his true freshman season, he racked up 36 tackles and five pass breakups, which is really good for a freshman cornerback in the SEC. So definitely, Ohio State is getting probably their cornerback too, at least for the next few years, especially you know having a few guys that are going to be leaving due to the NFL draft and everything like that. So great pickup for Jim Knowles and the Buckeyes as they get now their new starting cornerback in Davison Igbenosan. Now, y'all, that's it in terms of recruiting news transfer portal news now let's get into some kind of off the field stuff and then also we did have one more you know coaching change which isn't really too much of a surprise to a lot of people especially if you watched how he coached this past year but first and foremost I want to talk about something that has been kind of one of the bigger headlines we've had this past week in the college football world and that of course is Stetson Bennett now Stetson Bennett you know, if you don't know his story, it's an absolute tremendous story. Walked on to Georgia after being a Georgia fan his entire life. Things didn't work out. Decided to go to Jones Community College. Balled out, and then Kirby Smart wanted him to come back to Georgia. So he walked back on again. And after things didn't work out with JT Daniels and everything like that, Stetson Bennett took over as the starting quarterback. Led the Bulldogs to their first national championship win since 1980. And then proceeds to do it once again this year in which they brutally blew out my TCU Horned Frogs. Now, so Stetson Bennett, absolute incredible play, what he's been able to do during his time at Georgia, back-to-back national championship quarterback, a ton of other accolades. But the one thing that we've always kind of seen, especially after you know he's won the national championship game, he likes to party a little bit. We've seen it in interviews. I think it was last year where he was supposed to get on Sports Center and do a little interview and everything like that, and he couldn't. He couldn't show up because I guess he he partied a little bit too hard the night before. So, you know, he definitely likes to party. Definitely likes to drink a little bit, which is understandable, right? I mean, winning a national championship that is one of the biggest accomplishments you can have, especially being a collegiate athlete. But um, this time it took a little bit of a different turn because uh, for some reason he was down in DFW, down in Dallas. You know, the team that he absolutely tore up in the national championship, TCU, was about 40 minutes to the west. But um, uh, he was actually arrested, I want to say, earlier last week or I think it was Sunday of last Yeah, Sunday last weekend for um, public intoxication. Now, from some of the stories I read and everything like that, he was knocking on doors and doing everything like that. So it wasn't anything horrifyingly bad, but definitely for a guy that has started to really get his draft stock to rise a lot, guys like Mel Kuyper expecting him to be like a third-round pick and everything like that. So a guy that saw himself potentially being almost a guaranteed undrafted player, seen himself rise up into like the third and fourth round, might have killed his draft stock a little bit. But regardless, I think a lot of, I think a lot of scouts will understand, you know, simply for the fact of, okay, he's partying and everything like that, but still not something you want to do, especially, you know, 
in terms of the draft coming up here in just a few short months. And then also you got the Combine, which is coming up here soon too. Now, another interesting thing with this too is the fact that Stetson also didn't accept his invite to go to the Reese's Senior Bowl, which is pretty much like a showcase for all the seniors around the country where they go down to Mobile, Alabama, you know, have a ton of practices in front of NFL scouts, and then they play one, you know, one big game, which is coached by NFL coaches. So something definitely I think Stetson should have taken advantage of. But, I mean, it is what it is. Definitely not the best look for him, but I still think he'll end up getting picked simply due to the fact of what he was able to do at Georgia. But, yeah, Stetson Bennett found himself in the headlines, but this time it was not for winning national championships. It was instead for um, drinking a little bit too much and getting arrested in public. So, <laughs> anyway, we just have one more thing we got to talk about, guys. I told you it was going to be a pretty short episode. There wasn't a crazy amount of stuff that went down this past week. But um, the final thing we're going to talk about, we're going to go down to Miami. Now, obviously, Miami, they've had themselves a pretty solid recruiting class. Got two of the best offensive line recruits in the nation. But they lost the number one cornerback, Cormani McClain, to Colorado, which was already expected. So nothing huge and shocking there. You know, lost Jaden Rashada to Florida, in which he didn't even end up at Florida. So they've kind of had some up and downs. But definitely one of the biggest downs that they had this past year was going 5-7 and seven and just being absolutely abysmal on offense after they went out and got um, the Broyles Award winner, which is given to the best assistant coach in the nation from last season in um, former Michigan OC Josh Gaddis. Now, they went out and got him, probably gave him a hefty pay raise to come down to Miami and join Mario Cristobal's new staff, but this year... Things just didn't seem, you know, that well for Miami offensively. They ranked number 86 in the nation in total offense, averaging 367.1 yards a game. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, well, Miami, you know, they couldn't have had that great of an offense the season prior, you know, under Manny Diaz, who's a defensive-minded head coach, currently the um, D.C. at Penn State. Well, the, you know, the season prior... They had a top 20 offense in 2021 that averaged 448.8 yards. So it really doesn't make too much sense. Now, obviously, you, you lose a guy like Rhett Lashley, who has been a really good offensive play caller now at SMU as their head coach. Definitely hurt them a little bit. But you would think getting a guy that just came off winning the Broyles Award, you know, went into the college football playoff with Michigan, won them a Big Ten championship, you know, you think he'd at least bring you some type of some type of success, maybe a little bit of a you know downfall and everything, or maybe a little bit of a down year in terms of not having a top twenty offense, but still, you expect him to not be as bad. Now, obviously, they dealt with a lot of injuries at the quarterback position and just overall a lot of bad play at the quarterback position. Tyler Van Dyke just couldn't stay healthy. Jake Garcia, when he came in, didn't really play that good either. So. Wasn't really a lot of positives this year for the Miami Hurricanes. Now, do I think Josh Gaddis should have been fired after one season? Not necessarily, because also, too, there was a lot of guys that were missing on that offense, and nobody really could stay healthy. They didn't have as much talent as they've had the past few years. So I understand that to an extent, because going from Michigan to Miami this past year definitely is a, is a huge downgrade in terms of talent-wise and everything like that. You know, you don't, you don't have J.J. McCarthy. You don't have Blake Corm, You don't have Ronnie Bell. You don't have all those guys that you had on offense. You know, an amazing O-line. So that definitely hurt him a little bit. Am I kind of surprised by this firing? Not really because – once again, they pay you all this money to come down here and to be able to better this offense, be able to at least make it somewhat productive. You know, heck, make a bowl game at least. But 
you know, they had one of the worst offenses in college football and obviously had that embarrassing loss at home against Middle Tennessee State. So that definitely hurt him a little bit. And, well, that's ultimately why Miami decided that they would be firing Josh Gaddis after only one season as Miami's offensive coordinator. So Josh Gaddis, he's back on the um, trade – not the trade block. He's back on the free agent block. So we'll see where he ends up landing. Um, I've heard a few rumors about who could be offensive coordinator – for the Miami Hurricanes next season, the most notable one that that's kind of been uh, spread around so far is former Nebraska head coach Scott Frost, which when you give him a ton of talent and, you know, when he's also just kind of play calling and everything like that, hasn't been that bad. Definitely, you know, when he was down at UCF, was doing some incredible things. So I think that honestly would not be that bad of a hire for Mario Cristobal and the Canes. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But once again, Josh Gaddis has officially been fired as the offensive coordinator of the Miami Hurricanes after only one season as their OC. So definitely a disappointing year for Miami. I don't really know what to expect from them this upcoming year. Obviously, I expect them to be at least a bowl contending team, like at least go 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, especially considering they're playing in the ACC. But we're just going to have to wait and see. So guys... That is it for today's um, Catching Up a College Football episode. You know, not a crazy amount of stuff we had to talk about, but definitely some interesting topics. Let me know what y'all enjoyed the most, whether it was Jaden Rashada, you know, after committing to two schools previously, finding finally finding his home in Tempe at Arizona State, Stetson Bennett parting a little bit too hard in Dallas, or just, you know, anything that we talked about, guys. Let me know what y'all enjoyed the most in today's episode. If you like what you're listening, you like the interviews, you like the podcast, just you like anything in general, make sure you hit the follow button. Make sure you hit the notification button so you can stay up to date with anything college football, NFL related, and most importantly, anything Cover 7 related. So, guys, thank you so much once again for all your support, and I will catch you on the next one. Peace, y'all.